Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. We're right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Jared has a new segment that he would like to yes. debut. Yeah, instead of what's on my mind, I have something different. What would you do? What would you do? So he's going to ask us, I guess give us a scenario and ask, what mm-hmm. would we do? Yep. Perfect. It's coming up toward the end of the show. Big 12 Media Days rolling on down in Arlington today. Get some thoughts on day one. Just as that promo just told you, Mike we, Gundy we was got what the we star thought, yeah. of the show. <laughs> we got what we thought we were going to get. Oh, we'll get uh, into that. You, you, did you really, you know? Did you see BYU? No, I did not. No. Apparently, they were in like, you know, everybody else was in a suit. Mm-hmm. They were in their suits, like uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, that's not how we do things here. They've never. So I was listening. Well, but they've never been we left, a part of them. They've never day. been a part. They've they only had their own. You know, they had yeah. a media day, but it was just their own because they were independent, weren't in a conference. Man, that's a storyline that everybody forgot. Yes. No I, one thought about that. I guess that they just listening throughout the day yesterday, uh, just how pumped up not only the players and the coaches uh, Kalani Sataki was, but also like the media. The BYU media was it was really excited to, you know, not just be there covering their own team. And so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of the major topics coming out of yesterday from one Mike Gundy was the Bedlam conversation of continuing, not continuing. What are uh, – do you want it? Do you guys out there want that game to happen on either you know either side? What are positives? What are the negatives for that game continuing? Then we'll look uh, ahead to today. What are you looking for today? Um, and then look into your – Brett, your remark, pretty coy, not, not a ton out of him, basically preaching patience – as far as the conference realignment, adding teams to the Big 12, as we suspected yesterday, there's, there wasn't any ground or earth-shattering revelations there. Uh, but now we can get into all of that kind of stuff, and then, of course, what's going on today, who's there. Um, you know, Jared, last night is, is, is an example of why we can't have nice things. La- okay. In a certain a- anxious to hear in about a certain that. sport. Why we can't have nice things. Okay. And then, uh, man, recap the the Oklahoma State amateur. So close to history for one Ryder Cowan. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside of the listening area and you want to stay in touch with the show live, a couple of ways to do that. You can log on 
to kadsam.com, or you can download the app. Paragon app has it all. It's got radio. It's got the penny news. You can go check out and pick up a brand new copy of the print edition of the penny news right now. It's everywhere at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk and Paragon TV, closer than you think to being back on the air. The high school sports season fast approaching. And then also the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can go back and check us out anywhere and everywhere podcasts are available. How are you this morning, Jared? Very good. How are you doing? A little tired. Stayed up too late. What uh, You went to the movies. Yeah. What would what, you see? That new Mission Impossible movie. It was pretty good. Long. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Were you? And it leaves on a cliffhanger, so you got to go back next year. But I enjoyed it. It was really good. It was everything what we expected to be with Tom Cruise and death-defying stunts and all that stuff. It was fun. Fun fun night at the movies. Well, I say fun. It kind of ties into what would you do <laughs> coming up here in a little bit. I'm sorry, I don't know this Tom Cruise guy. I only know Tom Mapother. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, very good. Shout out my uh, to our man Ed. He went with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Ed Crapcha. Yep. Crapchaw. 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 Yeah, we went, met up at a Boomtown, hung out for a little bit, caught up, went over to movies. What did you eat at Boomtown? Oh, I just got. Anything? I just had appetizers. Had what did you have? Fried pickles. Fried pickles. Yeah. You know what's good there? He had the nachos. The nachos. The nachos are good there. He had the nachos. Chicken? Um, Did he go chicken or I beef? I think he went beef. I don't think I've ever had the beef ones. I've just had the chicken ones. But, man, they're, that's, that's, Boomtown's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't busy and good food. Had a couple brews and went over and watched a movie. Two hour and 42 minutes, yeah. you said? Very long movie. It started at seven thirty. Got out of there after ten o'clock. It's like whoa. You know it appears to but be. But you don't feel you know a good movie. You don't yeah. realize how long a movie is until you look at your watch. And I'm really good about turning my phone off, turning my watch off, all that stuff, and watching the movie. You know, just kind of disconnecting from everything and just enjoying the movie. And it went by pretty fast. It felt like when I walked out, I looked down, I'm like whoa, it's already ten, twelve minutes after ten o'clock. You know what else appears to be a long movie? What's that? Oppenheimer. Yes, I'm looking forward to that one. That's probably my next in theater experience. I like Christopher Nolan and I like history. So what better, better too? He did uh, he did a history movie. You know, Dunkirk was pretty good. Was it? See, I never watched that. It one. It was pretty good, pretty good. And um, this one I'm I'm hearing is really good too. That one, and then I can't wait for Killers of the Flower Moon in October. That one's the one that's uh, being shot in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, it was, it was made in Oklahoma, Scorsese, obviously directed, helped write it. Um, is that based off of a true story? It is. There's a book by the same name I encourage everybody to read. I've read it and could not put it down. It was so good. And it is. it takes place in the 1920s in Oklahoma in Osage County, Osage Nation up there. Um pretty i mean i when i finished the book I'm like whoa because it's like history of our state that we don't really know and that breaks it down and um and it makes sense that scorsese's making the movie because it you know it's crime and all that but uh 
also a really good story and there's good actors in this movie i'm looking for it and that and i've heard that run time is pretty long too but last night's movie was good i was afraid it wouldn't be and i'm like oh man i'm gonna be invested in this and i gotta come back next year to watch part two and they leave it where okay let's go i can't wait for next year bravo to tom cruise for making going to the movies an enjoyable thing you know like with the with the stunts and a good story, good humor and all that stuff. It was fun. But yeah, Killer's Flower Moon. Go find that book. Okay. Go find it. I had it, but I sent it off to a buddy in Mississippi because he wanted to read it. So I just put it in the mail for him. I'm really good about that. I read a book. I'm like, hey, you need to read this. And I'll just give the book away because I don't read books twice, you know. But uh, I encourage people to go find that. Well, very good. <clears throat> very good. Um, man, what a nerve-wracking afternoon it was yesterday, trying to follow Ryder Cowan's yeah, so what pursuit yeah. of immortality, basically, in Oklahoma golf history. Um, he was, yesterday, yesterday morning while we were on the air, started his uh, semifinal match in the Oklahoma State Amateur. Uh, was cruising, or looked like he was cruising, four up with seven holes to play after he won the 11th. And then um, all of a sudden, a birdie and an eagle from his opponent, uh, Mesa Falur. And then walking to the 17th tee, he had lost the four the four up lead. It was all square with two to go. He birdied 17 and then held him off on 18 to win. So it advanced to the finals. Against William McDonald, he was a Heritage Hall guy from back uh, you know, five years ago or so. Um, originally went to Arkansas, now it's Cincinnati, playing uh, college golf at Cincinnati, back into the Big Twelve. Mm. Um, but anyhow, it, it was just back and forth and back and forth. Uh, McDonald led two up, uh, going into number nine. Ryder won nine, ten, and eleven to take a one-up lead. Um, then lost thirteen and fourteen, so he went from one up to one down. Tied it back up on 15, so all, all square with three to go, and but then back-to-back bogeys on 16 and 17 there at Southern Hills. And uh, William McDonald is your state amateur champion with uh, with Ryder coming in second. Uh, man, what a what a run he has had over you know the past what two and a half months, uh, starting over in Weatherford uh, with the Class 4A individual and team state titles, uh, the OGA Junior the OGA stroke play, and then coming up just shy of becoming the first person ever uh, to win all three of those OGA events in the same summer. Um, that, not much rest for the weary. Uh, if uh, you know, He played a ton of holes up there at Southern Hills. Hot Southern Hill, I'm sure, yeah. was smoking the last couple of days up there. Uh, but coming up on Monday at Rose Creek there in Edmond is the uh, U.S. Amateur Qualifier. So uh, a good time for that uh, coming up for at least for the way that Ryder's been playing. Yeah, um, efforting to see if we can't uh, get him on here at some point uh, in the near future. But man, just so close to uh, to making history uh, there in Southern Hills yesterday. That's awesome. I'm anxious to get him on here too. We, I mean, we could almost full, fill an entire hour with him. I bet with the bunch of questions that we have for him. But that's awesome. He's on his way. I'm excited for his future. 
So the amateur, right? So the the qualify for the U.S. amateur. That's right. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. And did did you see yesterday? So I had somebody. Uh, we were talking about you know yesterday morning, and the question was posed to me, man, do you think that that uh, Ryan Hibble's there? Hmm. I was like, I'm sure he is. He wasn't. Okay. You know why? Um, uh, no. Why? He was trying to qualify for the U.S. amateur. Are you and, serious? And he actually went into yesterday in the lead wow of his qualifier and then shot 79 oh darn 64 79 were his rounds and so he comes up short of being able to uh to qualify for the USAM but that's uh, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting uh it gives you an idea of maybe why Oklahoma has been as, as uh successful as what they have been since he took over not only uh, he, he's able to explain it on a level that those guys can understand because he plays at that level too. Yeah, I think that's got to be kind of a unique thing. That is pretty cool. Looking through, I'm looking through the uh, the tea time sheet here for Monday. Uh, Nathan Walmack from right here in Elk City, along with Cowan. Um, man, there's a bunch of names that you recognize uh, in the qualifier for the USAM coming up on a Monday at Rose Creek. Let's see. Do, 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 do. The amateur is at um, Cherry Hills in Colorado. The site of Arnold Palmer's famous US Open charge from back in the day where he drove it on the first green and came back to win. So that'll be something to look forward to. Maybe better weather too. You think you would assume Colorado? Probably be pretty nice up there right about now. Yep. Compared to uh, the 100,000 degrees that it is here. Jared. Yes. Last night is why we can't have nice things. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm I'm racking my brain. I do not know. Well, you were Mr. Soccer just the other day. Oh, I did see that they lost. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Panama, yeah, really. This is why we can't have nice things. About the time that people start, or I start, kind of halfway buying into, hey, you know what? The U.S. men's soccer team might actually be able to make some waves in the World Cup in 2026. This will be fun. You go and lose to Panama. Yeah. Ouch. Really? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I saw the results this morning. Again, at that movie, I just disconnect from everything. That was a day to go to the movies, by the way, because there wasn't really a lot of sports other than this soccer game we're talking about. Yeah, it's like the I'm only not thing. staying home to watch the ESPYS. So <laughs> I was going to ask that no. was going to be my final question no. of the first yeah. segment. But um, saw that they lost in PKs and thought, okay, I mean, kind you know why I was interested is because it's not so much about winning this thing it's about how will they develop for the world cup because we're being told this is a young core and they're going to be developing for towards a world cup but listen if you can't win this thing i mean that that doesn't bode well for how you would compete in the world cup and i know it we're what three years away from the world cup we got a long time to go but um i guess that's more time for them to get better but they're going to have to get better if you can't beat panama yeah, that's... if you struggle with Canada, yeah, come on, got to get better. Tough break. About the time we think U.S. soccer is going to be fun. 
they lose to Panama. Well, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic. There's a lot of time left between now and the World Cup, and they, again, got to get better. So I'm sure – And I'm sure Scotty G will have more insight to that when he comes in here tomorrow on how they can get better. Yeah, so they don't have to qualify for this World Cup, right? Because they're a host? Yeah. Is that the rule? I don't know. I think so. Well, that's good. I mean, how's that work? Though? So is, I mean, it every, because, is it all three? Is yeah, it U.S.? Canada and, or is this the spot? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I would like I, – I hope that they do have to qualify. And I, no. I'm not a big fan of going in any sport, any tournament, any level of just because you're hosting, you get an automatic bid. Yeah, we better just go ahead and accept it, though, if it's if it's offered. Or we'll, oh, fool, well yeah. fool around and not make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you did you watch any ESPYS? No, I don't watch ESPYS in years. Doesn't interest me. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I looked up where I was at. I looked up one time, and the first person I see on the television screen, and you couldn't hear it because the sound was down, was LeBron, and I thought, oh, I'm so glad I'm not watching this. Right. I'm. I'm just the Chiefs. A bunch of Sooner fans are upset. The Chiefs were the team of the year, not the o- OU softball team. I, I don't have enough. Uh, I don't have enough energy to get riled up about that. It's the ESPYS. What a cool idea that they just raked. They just absolutely wrecked. Just wrecked it. With the ESPYS. Yes. Yeah. It was cool when it started. Yeah. It was fun and cool. You went from you went from Jim Valvano's never give up speech to that crap that I'm just sure was being talked about on that stage last night. Right. With the wokeness. Yeah. That's I'm, anytime I mean, purple haired Rapino is anywhere near a microphone, I am no, tuning out. I'm, I'm tuning out. Out. Out on the ESPYs. Completely and utterly out on the ESPYs. And listen, know yourself off. You want to win an SB, you have to go undefeated. You can't afford to lose a game. Come on. No. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Apparently, that's what it's going to have to take. Once again, I don't have enough energy to get fired up about that. I wouldn't feel bad about not winning an SBOU softball. It's okay. You got the bigger trophy. <laughs> Sam said I watched the last hour and a half last night of the SBs. It was horrible. I feel dumber for actually watching it. How did you hang on that long? <laughs> I don't know. Happy National French Friday. Mm, French fries. French fries. Good snack. Who has the best French fries? Fast food. Who is it? There's no doubt. No contest? McDonald's? Yes. The answer is yes. Are are do are curly fries? Well, that's are they uh is that in the category here? Those are pretty good too. From Arby's. Arby's curly fries are good with that whatever that spice is that they put on them. But no, the goat is and always will be McD's. Okay. For fast food French fries. All are tasty, though. I, I, I don't know. As long as they're warm, hot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've ever had a bad French fry. No, no. You know, you got the crinkles, the crinkle cut ones like down Brahms, the street. Brahms, yes, yes. That sometimes you have kind of the home style, like where there's still skin on a little bit. Yeah. Like I think Wendy's has some like that. They're kind of skin on fries. And then, of course, the. Have you ever seen the uh, 
the food that built America on the bit. History Channel. A little bit. It goes into great detail about kind of the evolution of McDonald's from the two brothers yeah, to then Ray Kroc just completely screwing them. <laughs> yes, that movie, by the way, is awesome <laughs> yeah. with Michael Keaton. And then, and then uh, from there, like how you know the fry, basically how it came about that they used a certain potato for the fries and the and how that all happened. It's pretty cool. Also, I mean, it's that's a fascinating show if you've never seen it. There's there's a whole bunch of them now, but it started out as just like three. And then began. Do you know? The original Coca Cola. You know one of the one of the ingredients that it contained. Yeah, co- literally cocaine. Yeah, the flour or the yeah. L- about- look up uh, Drunk History on Coca Cola on YouTube. Remember that show Drunk History on yeah. Comedy Central? It's great. It's hilarious. That that particular bit is hilarious. But yeah, that's that's where I learned about yeah. <laughs> Drunk History. That's where I learned about. The history of Coca-Cola. Speaking of uh, really sticking it to somebody, that guy, I can't remember, John Pinkerton. No, Pinkerton, that's trains. I can't remember the guy that invented it. What was his name? Who invented Coke? Yes. I don't know. Coca-Cola. And then Asa Candler, I think, is the one that ended up buying it from his, when he died, bought, bought it from his wife, like the patent for Coke. And I mean, for just an absurdly small amount. Yeah. And then you know now it's Coca Cola. So that's probably working out pretty good for his heirs. <laughs> Being kind of shady. Yeah. A bunch of shady stuff went down. Did you know, did you know that the the Reese's, you know Reese's cups? Yeah, I know. I he love actually, them. He actually yeah. worked for Hershey. I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> did you know that? Uh, in the in the fight to be like the first like real branded cookie, the secret to the Oreos' success was that they made a deal to get Hershey's chocolate as their cookie. You are full of food. Listen, history knowledge. I've watched today. the whole. I've watched this whole <laughs> thing. That's amazing. Oh no, there's all kinds of different little nuggets. I need all to kinds. check this show out. Oh, it's awesome. We gotta be careful. Any time there's a topic of food, we can go on for there's the about entire four, hour. There's a right now. There's about four seasons worth of them. I mean, it's anything you want, yeah. anything that you can think of with food, and a lot of it, you know, like you know, like Subway. I mean, those that those dudes were so brilliant on how they came up with that. And to get that to work, and then you know the the move that changed Subway and made it in from what it was into the you know you realize that there's more Subways than any other restaurant in the world. I've heard that, and I'm I'm hearing that Subway might be for sale or be sold, and the whole thing. I'm hearing rumors. The about franchise, that. yeah, like the like you talking about like when you say Subway, like corporate Subway, yeah. I've, oh I've, my lord, you know how much money that's going to cost. I have to look. I it's thought be tens I had heard of billions news of dollars. About this. Anyway, you know what the game changer was for Subway? The, uh, the I remember the cards. Like 
the sub, you know, you go get a, and then you get to earn mm-hmm. a free sub. I was sad when they did away with that. But what was the game changer? Baking their own bread in the in the oh yeah deals. yeah. You walk in, you smell that fresh bread. Bake, yeah, being able to because it went from having to, you know, they they as they started growing, it was impossible to get all the bread to the different franchises, and that's when they came up with baking it right there on site. And that was the game changer for Subway. And it's just been this juggernaut ever since. I think there's like 3,500 of them. Yeah. The biggest uh, chain restaurant in the world. Who would have ever thought? And now, and you know what? Another thing that was genius. Letting you pick. Making your own, yeah. Letting you pick your, your t- and, and seeing it. It was so wise. I've I've had why couldn't we thought of this? On the same business model, I've wondered if um, a uh, place like that, but with like pizza, but people would have to wait for it to cook. That's but yeah. people come in and you you just have your pie right there and okay, what do you want on your pizza? And you just make your own pizza. But my idea was like do that like in a bowling alley or a or a place like uh, Dave and Buster's or Main Event something like that where people can go and play. And then they come back and get their pizza when it's ready. There was a place in Columbia, Missouri, uh, when Roper was up there. You got to not only pick out, you know, because like you go, if you go to like Texas Roadhouse, you can pick out your steak, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only did you get to pick it out, you got to cook it. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. It's called Alexander's. I don't think it's open anymore, but maybe because people <laughs> just cook their own Here steaks we go at home. Again. We're going down the rabbit hole of food. I I am anxious now. We're talking about pizza. I got that pizza maker. I'm anxious. I haven't even took it out of the box last night. I went and bought a pizza maker. Oh, man. You got to do that at lunch. Bring me a pizza for lunch. Yeah, I need to figure that out. I don't know if I even have time before vacation. Yeah, this is pretty wild. It's like this giant, like, round charcoal grill that you just fire your steak on. That's awesome. Just slide it in there. No, it was just open. It was like open. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm talking about that, Alexander. It was pretty it was pretty crazy. Cool. Like I said, I don't think it's uh, it's not there anymore, so maybe that wasn't the greatest business model. But anyway, uh, Big 12 Media Days yesterday, as we assumed, Mike Gundy stole the show. Um, he's just – it's everything that we, ta- that we mentioned before. He's so comfortable in his own skin. He's been there forever. And so it, it, it allows him – to just be candid and honest about what's going on, right? And yeah. I know some OU fans got all up in a tizzy when the when the Bedlam question was asked. But in a lot of ways, he's exactly right. I mean, the, the reason that there's you cannot debate that the reason that, that the Bedlam is going away is because Oklahoma is going to the SEC. I mean, that is just a fact of life. Now, whether or not there's ways to be able to continue it, that's another topic. But just right off the bat, the reason why that game is ending has nothing to do with Oklahoma State and everything to do with Oklahoma because they're the ones that are leaving the conference. Now, there's obvious reasons why, and, and you know, financially it's a huge thing. But I guess my question is, and, and Bill's already answered on the text line, from either side, if you're OU side or your OSU side, do you want the game to continue? And Bill basically said no. From an OSU side, 
I don't want to play him again. They got greedy. They took the money when they could have, you know, OU in Texas, that is, could have helped to build this conference here in a different way through realignment. And instead, they went to the SEC for the money. He said, I don't care if we play him again. And it, it's funny because I think that's the sentiment for a lot of Oklahoma State fans. But I don't get the same sense for OU fans. Yeah. Yeah, from the text line, Sam just took the words out of my mouth. Well, of course, everybody, if they're offered, goes. But that, I, mean, but see, I mean, money talks. If, it is, if someone came to me and said, no offense, Aaron, but if someone said, hey, come do this show for double the money, I'm like, it's bitter. It's it's business, though. But if the, but the shoe was on the other foot, OSU would have done the same thing. You don't think they would have taken the extra money? Well, of course they would, yeah. but that's not the question. Uh, that, that, that's not what's happening. That's not reality. Reality is Oklahoma's the one that's leaving, and that's why the game isn't happening. The question is, will do you think this game will – eventually, surely, it's going to be played, right? Uh, I think leadership would have to change. As long as Mike Gundy's there, I don't think they're playing. I think the ADs kind of want it to happen. Well, then if they want it to happen, it can happen. A football coach isn't going to tell an AD – with the money that that game would generate, not only yeah, it would on campus, but also on money. Yeah, here's the thing that matters more than any anything right now, and matters more than it ever has: the value to a TV contract that that game generates. And that's where you know, if it's Castiglione, if it's Chad Weiberg, that's where they're going to say, "Listen, I don't care what you want or how mad you are." That game is too valuable to sell to the TV networks not to play it. Right. Do you think there's any, you know, listening, driving in, um, you know, oh, OSU would have to play Alabama and Oklahoma in the same year, Arkansas and Oklahoma in the same year, in the non-conference, what have you. I think that that line of thinking is so antiquated because of what's coming with the 12-team playoff. If it was just two or if it was four, I get it. You can't absorb a loss and still maybe, you know what I'm saying, and still mm-hmm. be in the playoff. Here's, But here's the truth. That matters not to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State's chances of making the playoff because there's going to be automatic spots for conference champions. And that game doesn't make you or make make or break your conference championship possibilities, since it's out of conference. I I, I don't I, I understand that it's not going to continue, especially right now. But I think it's ridiculous that it's not. I just think it is. It's just ridiculous that A and M and Texas haven't played, and now they're going to have to because they're in the same. That that's the the whole backbone of the sport is games like this right no and and i said a long time ago osu and ou i mean put their differences aside and look at the result of the texas and texas a&m you know everybody both sides were, were screaming for it to continue the fans were and that's where learn a lesson there right so that's where i was kind of 
yeah, they should continue it. They should play it. And then I think both universities benefit from it when it's in Stillwater. Like you said, generates a lot of money. Same thing in Norman. It's a big game. And then there is outside interest, too, outside of the state. But people go, oh, Bedlam? That's always a fun game. That's what I'm going to watch this. Exactly right. I mean, if you think about the different rivalries, and I mean, it's a rivalry because they're within the same borders of the same state. If you want to get into the record, whatever, it's still a rivalry. I mean, it is a rivalry. But think about for what a decade. Ever since Mike Gundy's been there, heck, back into even into Les Miles' time, you'd be hard pressed to find a game that year in year out has delivered like Bedlam has. I mean, the fun game after fun game, yeah. you know, high scoring, just track meets. That were all that almost always come down to the end. Yeah, and once again, it, the money is the money, and and that's what everything is driven by right now. And I get it, but once again, the people that that take the shaft are the people that are generating that money. That's the TV eyes. That's the viewers. That's the fans lose out on on what has just been an awesome game for 15 years if osu here's a osu know you need to look at it like this don't be texas and texas a&m during their hiatus you want to be more like clemson and south carolina they're not in the same conference but they played each other they played that's a annual rivalry game that always plays now not as long as bedlam has obviously but they make it work they always know this is a game we will play a non-conference game will play when they play that like november yeah so it it can work yeah it just has to be one you just have to want it to yeah you know all this all this crap about you know we have we have our schedules out through a certain year we have seen we've seen people drop teams off schedules all oklahoma's the time. supposed to play georgia this year guess what they're not i mean if, if covid taught us anything it's that College football, the the idea of college football schedules being so hard to put together is an absolute farce. You can get out of anything or, or create anything way easier than what people wanted to make it out to be. If both teams wanted to play this game, they would play next year. They just don't. And for there's a multitude of different reasons, but at the end of the day... For me, I can't stand it because it was just—it's one of the best games of the year in the in the country. It has been mm-hmm. one of the most entertaining games. But when you think, uh, give me a t- uh, let's say if I said over under twenty thirty, would you take over or under Bedlam being played again? Over meaning before twenty thirty? No, after. After. Yeah, I'd go over. Football. Football. Yeah, we're just talking football. Yeah, just football. I, I'd say over. I think you're probably right, unfortunately. Uh, what are you looking forward to today down there? Well, obviously OU being there, they're already, as you heard before our show, they went a little long because they already are doing some interviews. Um, You know, maybe, I mean, you're going to get, again, the coach speaking stuff, but to hear from Venables, 
you know, does his approach change from, hey, I'm here, we're excited about our first year, now is it more, okay, I'm a little humbled, I guess, is the word to use. So just to hear what he has to say, uh, I mean, everything I wanted, what I was excited about and wanted, like, from the commissioner and everything we heard uh, from yesterday. So just really interested what OU has to say. How about you? Yeah, I think it's always the new the new people wondering, you know, about them. You don't know as much, even though it feels like you saw – golly, over the last few years, it feels like you could watch every – UCF game you know what I mean like for a smaller school and a mm-hmm. smaller conference felt mm-hmm. like they were always uh kind of on where you where you could see them um yeah just I wonder what the mood is from Venables yeah, I guess that's what I was at, getting at is it is it fake optimism is is, is he going to be kind of kind of muted in the optimism is that a good thing is it a bad you know it, i was joking about how oh yeah our coach is laid back we're gonna have a great season da, da, da. i mean you know texas had to answer those questions yesterday about being the, the favorite which is not a position that they've been in since 2009 as far as pick to win the conference you know it feel it, it, it seemed like they're kind of really almost quietly confident in ways well, maybe after all these years of being told that they're back and they're not back, and there was an arrogance to it when they would come in, you kind of sensed that. Who's a long-haired kid? I mean, you know, this maybe there's like, okay, listen, we're being told that we're the favorites and we're back, but maybe they're kind of humbled as well. Like we're we're not approaching it like that. We're approaching like we still got a job to do. So, because you didn't really hear a lot, hear a lot from Texas yesterday. Mm-mm. No, just kind of workmanlike and and just there to do, like you said, like a business trip almost. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I was a, a Texas fan, that would be kind of reassuring that you don't have yeah. to you don't you don't have all the bluster and the, the the almost fake swag. It's just like, hey, we're here, yeah, we're the favorite, uh, but you know, almost we, but we also know nothing's given. We have to go earn it. We have to go take it. And I think that's a a really good attitude as as the you know preseason favorites in the conference. We'll see about Oklahoma and kind of how uh, just I the wonder, body language yeah. of what of how how Brent Venables projects what he believes about his team about his program. I wonder if he will be asked about Gundy's comments and what his response will be. Oh, a million percent, he's right. going to be asked about it. You know something I didn't realize until these media days. What's that? Emory Jones is the quarterback at Cincinnati. Remember him? He was a Florida. In last year, one year at Arizona State. Huh. I knew he was there. I, I, I forgot I, he went to Arizona State. I didn't know he made his way up to Cincinnati. And he's at the media days today. He was a big dude. I thought they're, they're, they when OU played him in the Cotton Bowl during COVID, I thought they were really high on him. They kind of brought him in too late, I think. They they're really high on his future. I don't know. Maybe this is his last stop to make a name for himself. Everyone's kind of writing Cincinnati off, but if he can have a good year, who knows? Yeah, Cincinnati feels to me like the Oklahoma of last year. It, oh, absolutely. Just with everything they lost. Yeah. 
player wise, coach wise, you know, and then to be asked to step into a, a new conference and a step up. It seems, uh, I don't know, man. It's a lot to ask, but really, you're right. It it does feel there's a lot of unknown there. But they were not picked to finish last in the conference. West Virginia so was, weren't West they? West Virginia was. All right. After 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 what we hear today, tomorrow I think we let's uh, kind of favorite. Who who do you really believe is the favorite in the conference? Who's maybe a team that's flying under the radar? Did you hear what Sonny Dyke said right here on these airwaves? No. He said, in his opinion, they were offensive skill wise. They're more loaded this year than they were last year. They had three receivers picked in the draft. Is he saying that because he gets his QB one back? No, no, had, no. He's talking about he was talking about weapons outside weapons around, around for him. Chandler Morris. We'll see. That's pretty crazy to think about. And they did, they did have a really good haul in the portal from Alabama guys. Mm-hmm. I think it was more in the context of like physically. Because they had some, they had Quentin Johnson, obviously, he's a monster, but then they had a bunch of smaller, faster guys. I think he kind of means just the weaponry is a little bit more Quentin Johnson esque all the way around. Yeah. A brand new segment that we have never done. Jared came up with this, and he is going to ask, What would you do? I need the input from the listeners on this one, too. 225 9698. But I, I, like, I, I like to hear what you would do. So it was at the movies. We went to the movies, and it's a Wednesday night, so you don't expect a big crowd. And there wasn't. Me and my buddy walked in, and we were the only ones there. It was about five minutes till the movie started. Uh, a little bit later, another gentleman walked in. No big deal. We then slowly, after the um, uh, preview started, and even into when the movie actually started, I wouldn't say teenagers, maybe 12-year-old boys, maybe 13, somewhere around there, slowly started walking in. Maybe about eight of them. And, and what do they do? They're unaccompanied by adults, so what do they do? They go to the very top, sit in that back row. Whatever. Don't think a thing of it. Well, the movie goes in, starts, and this is a movie where it's about spy and espionage. Of course, there's a lot of actions sets and all that stuff but there's a lot of talking in between that and it's something you have to pay attention to or you'll miss some subplots and stuff like that and so that can get boring for kids about that age and they chose to have conversations with themselves not whispering just talking like you and me and one thought it'd be funny to break out some kind of an app on their phone that plays animal noises and they kept hitting the animal noises button. And, of course, that led to snickering and outright laughing. So that's where I pose the question. What would you do in that scenario? I'll tell you what I did, but I want to know what would you do. It's interrupting. It's I was trying to let it go, but it was, it was distracting. And I was like, I'm not setting for two hours and 45 minutes to hear this through this stuff the very first thing would be turn around and just like look like come on what are y'all doing that was done that was done come on that was warning number one really me and my friend we both kind of did the half turn you know Mm -hmm. like what are you like kind of make it obvious like hey hey we're trying to watch a movie here yeah 
Yeah. So if that doesn't work, and it didn't, so what would you do after that? I think at that point, then you got to turn around and go, hey, pipe down. Okay. We're trying to watch the movie. If you don't want to be here, get out. Right. And then if that didn't work, you'd have to go get somebody. Okay. So I, I, I skipped the step there. I, cause you I, got was, somebody? I was just thinking I could either a do what you just said, turn around. I was thinking like George and Seinfeld and just screaming at those guys. Um, <laughs> I literally just got the George ex- and yeah, Seinfeld. Exactly. Sensor. Exactly. <laughs> I, cause I'm sitting there. Okay. I got two options here. We've tried the, the turn and look at him thing. That didn't work. So I could either go, hey, hey guys, keep it down a little bit, boys. Come on, help us out here. We're trying to, you know, trying to be stern but nice with them, or just go get somebody. And I just went and got somebody. I went out in the lobby and I told somebody, I was like, ah, I'm sorry, I hate to be this guy, but I'm gonna be. But I mean, I'm thinking we paid to watch this movie. You know, we're investing our time here mm-hmm. and our money. So I, I want to watch this movie and. So I told them, and they were very the 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 folks at Flix on Six was they weren't put out or anything. They were quick to help. They're like, "Hey, where? What movie you in? Okay, we'll be right." And the dude followed me right in there, and he went up there and told them, and they they piped down. So the the problem was fixed, but yeah, no, I mean it was clear. I mean, I get it. Summer break. Take your buddies to a movie. Parents dropped them off. We'll pick you up at, we'll be in the parking lot. I get it. I was a kid too, and I kept putting myself there too. I was like, Jared, you were at that age too. You probably didn't even know you were annoying somebody. Having fun with your buddies. So that's what what would you do? There you go. First segment right there. So you would have yelled at him first. Yeah, like, hey, we're trying to watch the movie. (laughs) I try to avoid that confrontation. I just try to handle it i don't know differently oh who are we kidding i hate confrontation too i probably would have just sat there and just got madder and madder that they wouldn't shut up yeah see i i don't i you're right i i if i had not i would have i would not have enjoyed the movie because i the only thing i would have been thinking of is well it would have been a good movie if i could hear it and you know then i would have got mad at myself in hindsight and why didn't i do something so i quickly got up and did something i mean before the the fuse was lit on the Mission Impossible logo intro. That's how quick it took me to get up and go and do something. You know, Sam, I'm about there. I'm about there it's okay to for be an different A-hole, reasons. <laughs> Sam on the text line, it's okay to be a blank hole, Jared. Yeah, I listen. There are other things that I'm battling right now That's that continued yesterday. I think I told you off air. I'm, I'm about there. Cherry icy. Dakota would have just thrown his cherry icy at him. Yeah. And at the funny thing was, at the very end of the movie, when it was over, they thought it would be funny to stand up and clap as loud as they could and cheer. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it was a good movie, wasn't it, guys? Like, you're not bothering me now. Okay, is the is the end of this conversation that you're going to tell me that one of those children was Wyatt? I didn't know. Where the, I don't know. I don't know who they were. I didn't wreck. It was in the dark, but I, they were definitely just boys. I don't think he went to the movies last night. They were boys. You get a bunch of boys like that age together. Oh, yeah. I get it, man. I totally get it. It sounds like little girls back there giggling. Oh, just snickering, and, and, and I get it because I was that age, too. Man, I just saw this video. 
of the clearly entirely drunken best man at some wedding. You said it set, set some on fire? No, <laughs> he just goes up as they're cutting the cake. Yeah. The wedding cake just goes up and just destroys it. And then got punched in the face by the groom. <laughs> <laughs> he goes up and it looks like, it, I mean, everybody's seen this, like one-year-old birthday, you know, the kid gets his, in, in like the high chair. Yeah, yeah. And just destroys a, pe- a little bitty cake or whatever. It's exactly what this guy does. The best man in this wedding goes up and just like crumbles it all up, tries to smear it on the, the dress, <laughs> the white dress. It's a red velvet cake is what it looks like. And the groom kind of, you can tell, what are you doing, bro? They square up and he just punches him in the face and knocks him down. <laughs> There's a great video. It looks like a drunk uncle at a wedding and they're walking outside and there's like a candle or something and he knocks it over into some kind of table dressing that and it just goes it just lights up really (laughs) and he's just you can tell he is inebriated and he just takes his arm and just swipes it down to the ground and then he starts stomping on it not it's a miracle he didn't catch on fire he puts the fire out and then continues to start dancing and then you could tell his wife comes up and just kind of puts a finger up said stop it stop it (laughs) he's just what what it's funny oh wow shots fired down in arlington no Big Twelve Deputy Commissioner Tim Weiser. Oh, you you mean in the, in the, you don't mean literally. No, 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 no. Just okay. Quote about OU Texas. Ah, here we go again. I think their decision was more about affiliating with a group of schools. <clears throat> Listen, here's where the shots get fired. They would rather get beat by Alabama than Kansas State or Florida than Iowa State. I didn't see that yesterday. Ouch. Does that give you much confidence in the uh, handling of the last season? That's going to be a topic for tomorrow. Oh, no, no. It's going to be. How will the send-off be? Oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. Whoa. I didn't see that yesterday. Just words, man. Meanwhile, they're holding money bags in Norman and Austin. Speaking of holding... Wasn't there like one holding call all last year in conference play? Yep. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Wow.